0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notetoscene at gmail.com. We have too much to talk about this week. Big news from Falling Universe and Panic! The Disco. But first... We're going to talk about the return of Under Oath. You heard that right. New song, new album, new label. It's all happening. All right, let's go. So, Fallout Boy released these three demo tracks which were like from the scrapped songs they made for mania and all i have in my notes for them is all three are bad so <laughs> i think we can uh kind of just brush past this story this week what do you think
1: the only word i have next to them on my notes is why
0: why like they're just terrible hilarious like why why even put them out
1: nothing even makes sense anymore with follow boy like mania just needs to be erased from history not dragged out like they're doing
0: (laughs) this is no final word on mania absolutely
1: absolutely
0: all right well let's not waste any time and let's move into our main story this week which is under oath under oath have returned with a new song it's called on my teeth And they announced their new album, Erase Me, which I believe is their first in eight years. Mm -hmm. It's roughly eight years. It's coming out in April on Fearless Records. So Tyler, um, we have a lot to talk about here with Under Oath. This is fucking huge. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely. So we're going to get to everything. We're going to talk about everything. Okay. But real quick, I just I think I want to start with the song on my teeth. I want to just let's get our our reactions, both of our reactions to the song. Let's let's get that in the air. Okay. And then let's kind of dive deeper into this whole Under Oath thing. So we'll start with you, Tyler. Um, on my
1: teeth, what was your first reaction? What did you think? So, this is this is a really this is a really important episode for me. <laughs> I've been waiting eight months to do this one. So Un- Underoath is uh, Tyler Sharp's favorite band of all time all
0: time this band changed and that, my life i'm so, kind of jealous because i don't like i don't have a it's so hard for me to say favorite of all time you know like i don't have you have that one band like yeah. there's no there's no challenger to under oath for no you. they no. are your favorite you know i've had from first to last i've had brand new i've had census fail at times i've had you know something the corporate the starting line like I've just like right. I I've Blink even Blink like Blink mm-hmm. you could say is my favorite. I've never been able to have just that one. You know what I mean? Maybe brand new was the closest, but you have that definitive, you know, that definitive number one band. And I think Under Oath
1: are a lot. They they are that to a lot of their fans. Which Absolutely. I think is interesting. Absolutely. But, but Sorry it, to cut you off. Go no. ahead with your... Uh... I mean, that, that's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll put it that way. And I'm sure that will be uh, displayed throughout this episode. So this song, I like it. I don't love it. And I don't think it's the best that Under Oath could be. So I, I'm just going to break it down because I don't... I have so much to say about everything. And there's no way I could put it in a bit of a nutshell. So we have like this... Heavy electronic vibe right out of the gate. It's got this perfect intro that I wasn't really expecting. And the first verse is just this wall of sound that knocks you off your feet. And I was just grinning from ear to ear as soon as it kicks in. Uh, And Spencer drops Underhill's first F bomb of their entire history, which I I mean, we're going to talk about the lyrical content later. I don't want to get into that too much now. Uh, I'm just talking about, you know, sonics of the song. But that's that's definitely a conversation I want to have. Aaron's drumming. Just just this wall. I mean, the verses are basically just a fill. And he's just doing snare rolls and accents and tom rolls. and hey, Tim's riffs, which are unfortunately a little buried in the mix. And I think that's, that's kind of a bummer. But that's where we get that signature under oath sound, is in Tim's riffs. The sleepwave vibes in the chorus you know after we get out of the verse is where we kind of get thrown for a loop so we have this wall of sound that is under oath and then once we progress through the song we start getting these different vibes and we're like okay this isn't necessarily an under oath song so aaron takes a backseat to spencer aaron really only yes. has two to three lines depending on if you count like the backup uh on spencer's scream in the at the end of the chorus but uh Aaron's stutter beat that he plays in the first half of the chorus really kind of throws it off. He plays a four on the floor the second half, and I think that should be played the whole chorus. And I think if he sang it with a four on the floor the whole thing, it would have been much bigger. Aaron, uh, Spencer's mm. cleans really holds it back. Like I said, pre-chorus and the bridge, super weak. Same spacey kind of instrumentally on the pre-chorus, but uh, Spencer's vocals feel super forced and a word that I never thought I'd have to use when when it came to under oath music, but cheesy mm-hmm. and uh, mm. cheesy is a good word for multiple moments throughout this song. But uh, the bridge, I mean, it's like they didn't even try, you know, they wrote this song with Matt Squire, who, pro- <laughs> who produced the record. And I uh, like they're probably sitting Matt in Squire the studio. Matt Squire
0: has worked with everyone from 303 to pop stars he's a big pop mostly pop a lot of rock too
1: right and I think the biggest band is Jimmy Eat World and Underoath are just fanboys for Jimmy Eat World so I really think that that was kind of the reason they went with Matt but like they were probably in the studio working on this song and Matt was like just get back to the chorus ASAP because like they didn't even try on this bridge at all it's really just like an interlude from chorus to chorus so like I said I like this song I genuinely okay. do. When I when I take my my uh, bias away from Under Oath, if this was just a band mm-hmm. I had never heard before, I like this song. But it is not Under Oath caliber material. And that's okay. the issue that I so have with
0: it. What's your score, Tyler Sharp, for this song?
1: I am at a seven point five out of ten. Okay. Wow. What do you think about the song, Matt?
0: So I am I'm pretty close right there with you. Um okay. this song did not live up to my expectations mm. at all. At the same time though, it it's like a very a very solid rock song. Um this this feels like a like this feels like a very um sort of rock moment we're getting from Under oath here. And um at the same time as, as you know, I'm let down by the song I agree with you it's still a good song like i said solid rock song it also just like felt really good to have them back just generally having under oath back and and hearing spencer screaming again like i don't know what it was but his screaming sounds sounds so great on this track and um that was so so good to hear um him doing that again but it's like yeah man it's different you know like you said i think aaron does a really solid job on the kit like he's just a monster on the kit but I have you know a lot of weird little like nits to pick with this song like Mm -hmm. like one thing is there's not enough Aaron like you Mm -hmm. know you Mm -hmm. see what little Aaron we get is glossed over by Spencer doing clean vocals which is something he's still apparently going to do you know carrying over from Sleepwave and the last Under Oath album he's going to try to not just scream But it's, uh, yeah, it's just like this way more, I, this song gives me the impression we're getting more of a rock thing from Under Oath, um, than we have in the past. Like, it's almost to me like they're, they're doing a much better job at like what Of Mice and Men are trying to do. You know what I mean? Like you think of a song like Unbreakable by Of Mice and Men, and then you think of this, and this is just that like, but executed way more professionally and and turned up. But um yeah so I'm I'm at about a six point nine out of ten the song okay you know I like it I enjoy it um I've been jamming it in my car but it's like you know like I wanted to give it that seven but then I was I was at a seven mm-hmm. but then I realized I was just at a seven because it's under oath mm-hmm. you know to me this isn't seven is a seven is means it's a it's a good song and and, and I think this is a decent song you know. seven to me means it's a really good song 6.9 you know it's right there it's 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 a decent song that's kind of where I'm at
1: yeah and I think you know you kind of unpacked the rock direction and that's what's really gonna be the narrative around this album when it comes out I, I think anyways because I really feel like this is going to be the fan service song. I haven't heard the album. So this is the only song I've heard off the whole thing. But I think this is going to be the fan service song. And what I mean by that is this is probably going to be the heaviest moment on the whole album. So I'm thinking that the next single wow. we get is going to be the actual radio push. So I yeah,
0: it's like you get that vibe like they're thinking radio. And, and, and we've known Spencer has been thinking radio for a long time. You know we, we we've heard spencer say he wanted under oath to be like you know slipknot and um we hear him you know sort of taking over more as the clean singer and and that would kind of because you think about aaron's voice aaron has an emo voice essentially mm-hmm. as a singer and that worked really well in the almost you know in 2007 when right. emo was booming That was great for rock radio, but Aaron's voice isn't necessarily one you could see at rock radio, but Spencer's more raspy, filter esque sort of vocal delivery, you could see it working at rock radio and a soft, maybe a softer
1: song than this. And what I, what just, Hurt so much for me is that Aaron <laughs> just has a better voice than Spencer like Spencer's clean vocals are just so Nasally and I personally I just feel very underdeveloped although. I know that he's had like vocal training lessons and 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 You know things to get him in this zone that they want to go for which as we've been unpacking so far this episode Under oath don't want to be in the scene anymore. They want to be a big rock band and there's a lot of problems with that. Main one being rock is in the worst place it has pretty much ever been in history. You know, like it 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 lost the lead to hip hop and it is dead last in the streaming revolution. So they picked a really bad time in history to try and pursue this route. But um, there's so much to unpack here, man. Where do you want to go next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got so much going on in your head, I can tell. Um, yeah. We could
0: go so many different ways. But yeah. um. The screams, though, like, I really, um, I agree with you vocally, you know, Aaron is the better singer here. Aaron has a great voice, but, and that was almost what I was expecting. I was thinking, and I shouldn't have did this, it's my fault for doing it, but I went into this with reinventing your exit in my head, you know, thinking. Can't do it, We get that Aaron clean song, you can't do it, you know, but I was thinking maybe they'd throw it back in that way at least, but. I think, what do you think of Spencer's screams? Like, I I was really impressed by his, his screaming performance on this song,
1: at least. And my problem, where you were thinking reinventing your exit going into it, was that I did a dive, you know, the two days before when 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 talk started bubbling. So to take it way back, I've known that uh, I learned over the summer in July that Under Oath were making a new album and new music was coming and ever since then I've been you know just thinking in my head like what the hell is this gonna sound like and I was thinking this even back when you know we broke the reunion story on alternative press they have to be making new music they're not just coming back for for one tour you know there's just so many different ways that they could go and I did a dive two days before the song came out rumors started circulating that the announcement was coming. I I had heard that the announcement was going to be Thursday, but I didn't get any confirmation. And then they they sent out CD, unmarked CDs to people in the mail, trying to pull a little bit of a, you know, brand mm-hmm. new kind of thing, but the, which the, under, uh, the Wonder Years just did recently with their album. They sent out copies mm-hmm. of vinyl to fans in the mail. So Under Oath did a little bit of that and Reddit started blowing up, and I did a few dives, and I found this sample on the teaser website that they had with their timer, and it had this 38-second clip of a song called No Frame, which is also on the album, and it's a very Mm -hmm. nine-inch nails-y kind of song, and I was just... Just instant concern surged throughout my entire body that this this is going to be so wrong. This is going to be... This is just going to be the... That it will destroy Underworld's legacy, what they're about to do. So I I everyone
0: wants those rock radio ads. Everyone wants the rock radio ads right now. I just do not. I do not understand it.
1: And it's so backwards. But I was so concerned that I literally literally listened to Define the Great Line front to back at least 10 times before. The official announcement came out, so I was in full <laughs> 2006 metalcore mode by the time I heard this song. So you were, whereas I was, I
0: was reinventing your exit. You're sitting there like writing on the wall, like bring it on.
1: I I just wanted it to be heavy, and yeah, that's why I said when this intro comes in, and then Spencer comes in with his just wall of sound screams. I I was grinning ear to ear. I was like, this is under right. right? Like. Yeah, Aaron's right, Aaron's playing a fill for an entire verse, and it's just this it, wall it's, of sound. It it that when it, when it kicks in, it's a in, very man, it's great.
0: It's a very hard song. Like it, this is an aggressive song. It's fast, but it it it's um it's streamlined in a way. Do you know what I mean? It's it, formulaic. It feels yeah, way more streamlined safety. and formulaic than um you would expect from Underoath. You know. The thing about Underoath is they've sort of trapped themselves in this point where you know they innovated so much. They were pioneers first off to mm-hmm. start with. And then they kept innovating and they kept innovating. and they've become innovators. and you get to this point with Underoath where they're sort of trapped in this box where it's like if they're not innovating, what's the point? You know? Like I wanted that sure there was that part of me that wanted some throwback things you know, from Under Oath, like Mm -hmm. I wanted something like They're Only Chasing Safety. But what I really truly have always wanted from this band is something I'm not expecting. I wanted them to just come out with something new that just blew me away. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the expectation I have for Under Oath at this point. And especially something as big of a deal as, you know, coming back with a new record after eight years or so, you know, and a breakup in between that
1: but you very sure, high expectations. you surely weren't expecting this right no i wasn't but it was oh in a, man so this was in a so that's kind of the point i'm getting to this was kind of in the wrong way when you break this song down y- it still has that under oath creative vibe to it this is not your typical radio k105 rock no song
0: this is too this is too- This is also too hard.
1: It's heavy, but you know those verses. It's shred. But there's moments. There's this cocoon
0: of there's a cocoon of safety that wraps around this song that you don't feel on old Earth albums. Mm -hmm. There's something like you said, formulaic. I think was the perfect word.
1: Um, Absolutely. I mean, when you're listening through the song, it's it gets predictable. You know, like you know that they're gonna hop back into that chorus.
0: It might even sound weird, but you know, like um, it's almost it was almost it's almost too easy of a listen there's no there's nothing challenging there at all about what? this song and under oath records have been a challenge in the past and i've enjoyed that i didn't instantly get into Underoath. it took me time mm-hmm. you know what i mean it took me time and work and this song to me you know I, you can still hear the fact that they are such professionals and mm-hmm. like excellent musicians on the song but this doesn't sound that different than something like you know a wage war or some other metalcore band could write
1: to an extent it's not that far off right they're not
0: they're not doing anything so special here you know that's, absolutely. that's why i come at my score of 6.9 you know i'm just sort of not quite middle of the road it's, it's a decent it's just a decent song
1: absolutely but i mean they're like you said before they're in a very um unique position with the route that they're trying to go they're trying to be a big radio rock band but they're also Under Oath. So how do you make radio rock innovative the same way that Under Oath has always made their music? And I think this was kind of their best uh shot at doing it while also being a fan service by being heavy. I really don't think the rest of this album is gonna be heavy.
0: Yeah, and this song we we sort of come up, come at that that dangerous middle point, right? Right. Of trying to be innovative, but trying to you know be more radio friendly and the, it, the two just never really meet that well you know what i mean it, you sort of got to go one way or the other i right? feel like yeah i mean you can't you got to go full them. in you can't I, it almost feels like a hesitation in a way you know like they didn't go all the way in w- one direction
1: because they knew that they yeah i mean i, I totally agree and uh it bums me out to see under oath throttled because that's what this feels like to me. this is feels this feels like you're we're putting under oath in a box or they're putting themselves yeah. in a box because we know that they are some of the most creative musicians to ever come out of this scene, and everything they did always pushed the limits of whatever sound they were trying to do, and this doesn't really push any limits, but at the same time. They're doing what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying, like I keep saying, they're trying to become a big radio rock band, which is hilarious because Mm -hmm. when they, taking it back to 2008, when they were in the studio with David Bendeth recording Lost in the Sound of Separation, there's a conversation that they have on that DVD with David. They're sitting down eating dinner and David is trying to convince them to let him kind of coach them and help them co-write a radio rock single. And Tim is literally getting offended at the thought right. of Under Oath doing that. And and then they start bringing up, like, you know, Nickelback, and Tim, like, almost stands up, and he's like, I could shred all right. over that dude's face. And then it cuts to David on a cutscene, you know, away and he away from that conversation, and he says, you know, not everyone can be a Paramore, not everyone can be a Breaking Benjamin. And uh, right. it's just, it, it's very, as a diehard Under Oath fan, it kind of hurts to see them... Wrestle with this idea so much to be what they said they were never gonna be and I got
0: I just got to preface it By saying again, it, it still feels so good to have them back.
1: Yes, you know, absolutely. even though
0: I'm let down There's just a certain smile I get like I like the fact that I can hear an under oath song in 2018 I got what did you think of the video because the video I thought communicated a certain intensity and like a certain urgency I liked it for that. But other than that, I I wasn't very impressed with this video. If this is your, Mm. you know, as your launch video, I just, I, you know, it was just sort of the band doing a performance under chaotic lighting. Um, Yeah. You know, so um, What, what were your thoughts on the video?
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. So like I said, that Thursday morning, a friend sent me a screenshot of the song being played on someone else's phone and so I just instantly you know, went to all the leak sites and it was on every mp3 leak site and I found one where uh, I could stream it and instantly I, I prefaced my, my first listen of that song telling myself this is a leak, it, it, it will ultimately be a lower quality than what the final mix we're gonna hear later that day was. And it was, you know, the yeah. first time I heard this song was very compressed guitars, the drum sounded completely programmed, there was no life in any of the mix, and when the song dropped, I watched it, I, I heard it for the very first time with that music video, and I loved the way the music video conveyed this sense of, sense of urgency that I've really missed mm-hmm. in music over the years that Under brought right. to the table with both They're Only Chasing Spencer, Safety and Define the Great line. Spencer lion.
0: looking at, gr- like, grabbing the camera and looking into it and screaming like a maniac. He just has a certain camera presence in music videos that, you know, communicates intensity that, yeah. like, other musicians just don't have. You think back to music videos, like, like writing on the walls and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way he sort of just comes at the camera in a very like sort of psychotic way like you don't see other musicians approach a camera the way he does it's almost like you can tell sometimes he's grabbing a camera and pulling it to his face you yeah, know and absolutely. the way he holds his mic and it, it's a very uh, it's a very um sort of aggressive stance and it, it, that was cool to see in the video
1: absolutely this one really reminded me of the in regards to myself video um, oh yeah where he's oh, shit. Yeah. in that room and he's kind of grabbing a hold of the camera and he's yanking on that right. bed. And I mean, they just nailed their aesthetic back then. Whereas, man, I think, uh, I think Fuse used to play that video a lot. On the, the daily, man, dude. Fuse yeah, Top man. 20 Video dude, Countdown, that was The Sauce. Remember that show? Oh, man. Oh, I that... remember
0: seeing that video and I was like, what's the dude from the Almost doing on Fuse? Like, oh, you know, my like... gosh.
1: Right, right. <laughs> man, the good old days. But yeah. I loved... There was... There's always been a sense of danger about under oaths music even taking it back to their poppiest moments on Can we just
0: quickly shout shout shouts to like 2006 2007 fuse shouts uh, dude, to that for right? happening
1: kevin's untitled rock show come on man let's bring it back absolutely
0: but uh i think it was steven's
1: oh show. shit my bad my brain is going in a hundred <laughs> doing the old gods man doing them wrong man i know, I know. I'm all it's all, all right man it is an now. emotional day for you Tyler it Shown. is this, this is, is a, an emotional this is a crazy episode. definitely so like I said, there's always been a sense of danger about Undros mm-hmm. music that just kind of made you feel a bit uneasy, even if, but still inviting. Like you wanted to feel this this sense of just like urgency about this music. Even when you take it back to say, I always bring up the, the breakdown in Young and Aspiring, the first moment we hear on their Only Chasing Safety, which is their poppiest record. I mean, the end of that mm-hmm. song is one of their heaviest moments of a band all time and they even the album cover that they have there is one of my talk, favorite album covers of all time
0: you want to talk about urgency aaron's clean vocals when they first come in on that track
1: absolutely like that's dude.
0: urgency you know defined like you just feel like this is an important song like Ex- everything yes aaron makes you feel like Everything is at stake on that song. Absolutely. That band is perfect at making you feel like. And that's why that's that's my favorite record. That's that mm -hmm. might even be my favorite. One of my it's one of my favorite songs, you know, but that's why, you know, that's my favorite record. There's that this 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 manic sense of you need to listen right now. This is really important to that whole fucking record that I don't know if I've ever heard another record that, you know, sort of moved me in that way and, and captured my attention that way. That's why
1: that's my favorite Under Oath record. Exactly, importance is the perfect way to describe Underoath music. When you listen to it, you feel like you're supposed to be listening yeah. to it. You know, like you're like you're sitting in a classroom and the the professor is saying things, and you you know you feel like you should be paying attention to it. And when you listen to Underoath, they always make you feel like you're there for a reason and they, yeah. they always have your attention, no matter what they're doing. And this music video really helped me to tie into the rest of the song that, you know, when I watch this music video, I can't look away. And that doesn't right. that doesn't happen to me a lot. I've said it on the show many yeah. times before that I am not a music video person. They really never do much for me, and I haven't even always liked a lot of Underoos music videos. But this one, I I think performance music videos are somewhat underrated, just because of how you know the the modern metalcore movement kind of destroyed them. Well, and
0: it depends it depends on the performer, you know. and Absolutely. Spencer is is a world class performer you know when it comes to stage presence and videos
1: absolutely so seeing this video with the song to get back to your original point Uh, on this
0: other you know other musicians i've talked to you know from maybe smaller bands or medium-sized bands like who didn't know spencer you know i think spencer was kind of reclusive for a while and in only the past few years has he really like gotten to know a lot of musicians in the scene and sort Mm -hmm. of befriended them there was a while there where a lot of musicians I knew looked at him like a god. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You didn't, they didn't hear him talk much and he was just sort of this towering, menacing presence on stage and that was just sort of all they knew him as. And like this this godlike figure.
1: Absolutely. And you really got... I feel like that uh, demeanor and that description of Spencer really came after Define the Great Line came out. He's a demon on that record, man. He His range on that album is absolutely ridiculous. And I know you and I have the argument all the time off the show that you say the math is all wrong on that record, and it is, but, but it's still so incredible and the math that's is 100% what I, wrong.
0: That's what I appreciate about it, though, uh-huh. is they really push themselves in these weird, uncomfortable directions. That's what I you know, I even like about disambiguation.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sort
0: of push themselves in these weird directions. I'm all for it. Like, Let's find something new. You know. Um, man, not to, not to go back to Fuse again, but didn't Mark Hoppus have his own show on Fuse?
1: Mark, Remember that? Uh, yeah. God, what was that called? What I almost called it called Mark Hoppus, Hoppus. Something, yeah. Hoppus. Were Under Oath on it at one point? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm totally I feel like sure. I like were.
0: On the, Yeah, on Hoppus the, had his own show, like a, like a daily show, I think, on Fuse. And I, I think Under Oath were on it, but yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm, now I'm having all these weird Fuse memories but um
1: yeah i was so uh, it's it's funny i was actually looking up uh under oath interviews and i found one on fuse from 2004 when they were on their only chasing safety cycle and that was that was way old school Fuse was lit
0: back then man like they they knew what was up for a good eight years
1: man for a good eight years but yo, that uh mark hoppus show was called hoppus on music
0: right there you go okay yeah i like that show i miss having a, a scene television network um, just I'm enough. sure a lot of our
1: listeners missed that too. Absolutely. Just another product of a dying scene, man. So, okay. So, Under Oath
0: have signed two Fearless Records.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I got to come out like right here and say I think this is the wrong move for a number of reasons. A, I think Under Oath returning should be a much bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, fearless just is not a big deal kind of label you know i think under oath should be signed to a major or maybe some bigger more established indie possibly but but most likely i think they should be signing to a major i just fearless records doesn't have the prestige i feel like necessary to carry a prestige ban like under oath you know like i can't i can't see an Under Earth video coming out next to on the same YouTube channel as that bless the fall garbage we're getting, mm-hmm. you know, with the pink letters. just it just the branding is off for me. And also, you know, it's a working theory we have, but it looks like Under Oath are going in this radio rock direction. And uh, we you know you know, fearless aren't particularly that great at Rock Radio. I mean, you know, I Prevail did well, but I I think that's more credit to I Prevail than Fearless. Mm. You know, I think I Prevail are working their own thing. So it's like, if you're gonna go in that radio direction, you know, you know, why aren't Under Oath on a Roadrunner or Warner Brothers? That you know, that just seems like something they could have done.
1: So I totally agree with you, but my uh, I guess um this is kind of counts toward my diehard Under Oath fan my uh a pr- response to that it was just kind of immediately when i found out that they were on fearless that they were turned down by any major label because i mm-hmm. feel like if 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 they had the opportunity to go to a roadrunner or mm-hmm. uh, or warner brothers or any major label they would have taken yeah it. they would have taken Dude, it man
0: it's you think because it's so hard if fucking roadrunners out here signing like code orange and like just Creeper, yep. yeah and and you know we, the people who work at, wrote, at roadrunner you know like i know i know some of them and they know about under oath they You're know aware. what a big deal and a money maker this band is so i i just couldn't see like roadrunner turning them away which is i'm you know i'm bringing I bring up roadrunner because that's probably one of the bigger rock labels but Fuck, man. You know, like, Sleeping with the Sirens just went to Warner Brothers. You know, like, I, I don't see why Under Oath couldn't have done that. You know, Atlantic's an option.
1: Yeah. There are, you, think... know, you know,
0: Capital. Like, there are, you know, there are some labels, some big labels, I think, that could have really blown this out and and, and helped Under Oath execute this vision.
1: Yeah, I think comebacks are very... Um unique situations and under oaths is also very unique because they built up a lot of stamina with the rebirth tour and then the bring me the horizon support tour. But at the same rate, you know, it's like, we've said, it's been eight years since they released their last (laughs) album and they had been on the downslope since 2006, you know, commercial wise, uh, when that album came out. So they didn't have much to pitch to major labels to say, we're right. gonna be worth your while. It's I, almost
0: you almost wonder why they can't why they wouldn't just do their the brand new thing, which worked so well for brand new with science fiction. They could pull that off. You know, brand new did
1: it and still got, you know, the number one record in the country. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's really every comeback is a unique situation. And Under Oaths fan base and- while die hard just does not operate on the same wavelength as brand news. And mm-hmm. I I was so interested to see how the socials were going to perform, how the song was per- going to perform in the, you know, one to five days. How many days retweets, how many likes, after. how many shares. Exactly. I was, many I was refreshing, like, on the hour for the last yeah. five days to see what they were doing. And uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just go into it right now. So we're recording... Sunday night. The song was dropped Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, the song on uh, on Spotify had 77,000 plays in the first day, and now it's sitting at 153,000, and the mm-hmm. YouTube video is sitting at 376,000 plays. Uh, they mm-hmm. did get on to the, the official Spotify Metalcore playlist and Crash Course, which is kind of yeah. uh, Spotify's post-hardcore playlist. The Facebook post was probably the brightest light. It got over yeah. 20,000 uh, reactions on it, and it got close to, if not over by now, 10,000 shares, which was really cool to see. I knew that they were gonna get their most momentum on Facebook, because if you could get anything to get even a little attention on Facebook, it's really gonna ride, but the problem is getting so- that attention.
0: About those numbers, like, for me, they're disappointing. Um, yes. And they're, they're disappointing because I really focused on that YouTube number because that was the video that dropped. You know, it wasn't available on Spotify. That was where you had to listen to the song. That's where, you, that's where that's everyone where went.
1: All of the traffic and was directed. S-
0: sitting at 300, and you said it's at 370 now? It was at 350 when I, I yeah, checked earlier Yeah, 376. six. Three seventy. That, to me, it just... It seems a little low, doesn't it? So um, you know, for example, the new Falling Universe" song we're going to talk about yeah. already has more views than that
1: four twenty nine. And that that
0: there's something wrong with that. You know, a Universe" drop a Lucy single, and it has more views than the Under Oath comeback. That doesn't that doesn't feel right to me. It feels like something. You know, maybe it's. The, the quality of the song, I don't know what it is. Maybe some people have moved on, but that that just doesn't feel like the, a big response that I was looking for, for Under Oath to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was going to bring up the Falling in Reverse song, uh, to, to To talk about this point as well. And it was kind of interesting because right out of the bat, Underworld shot up so quick because of that initial hype. And they blew, you know, the, right. the Falling in Reverse song and Underworld song to put in perspective came out within hours of each other. Yeah. And uh, it was a very good kind of spectrum to judge, you know, reaction of a, a more current band and a band on a comeback and Under Oath were blowing them away and I was really happy with the like the first day numbers they they were they yeah. were pretty far ahead of Falling but as time has gone on here uh, Falling has really kind of pulled away from them in those YouTube streams but on Spotify the new Falling song still only has about 44,000 I believe it was yeah. and the Under Oath song has 100 Sorry, the Falling in Reverse song has 84,000 plays since Thursday, and the underlist song has 156,000. So there is that gap there. They're beating
0: them on Spotify, but, you know... I mean, people want to see that Ronnie video. And the thing is, Falling Universe, this isn't like, at, they're not at the gold standard of their career. You know, they're not like, it, this isn't the toughest competition for Under Oath. You know what I mean? I, and this also is just a random single. This isn't, a, you know, Fallen Universe know. announcing a new album. We, we just got Coming Home. So it's like, I just, I would have expected Under Oath to blow away. And if we're talking like it's a comeback, but, it, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like to me, This feels more like a hard reset than a comeback. Like, do you get that vibe, too? Like, I get the vibe like this band is resetting. Like a new band? Yeah, like, it doesn't feel like a comeback. You know, Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel like, like, um, I'm trying to think what was a recent comeback we had from a band, you know? A band who's We had, like, thrice, we had thrice comeback, you know? Sure. You know, after a while. And that felt like a comeback to me. This, to me, feels like a reset, like they're gonna be a new band. This feels more forward-looking. This doesn't feel like a nostalgic comeback.
1: Exactly, know? this comeback is not a fan service. And when I say that this song is the fan service, that kind of puts it all in perspective because this is not the old Under oath that we knew and loved. You know, this, this is a band who is quote unquote coming back to be a different and bigger band than they were before. Whereas we've had other bands come back as a way to kind of capitalize on nostalgia more so you know like there's a band anyone who was around during the screamo era in the mid-2000s there's a band called STD's Burn who are on Solid State and they're going to be dropping new music later this year and I can say that because they've played new music it's on YouTube you can go look it up that is very reminiscent to The Sun I Loved You At Your Darkest Era and we never got the proper follow-up to that. So it's looking like we're going to get a proper follow-up to that album finally after, mm-hmm. what, like 12 years. That is a fan service thing to do because that band doesn't need to come back. And if they do come back, they don't need to write that album.
0: So lyrically, um, this song read to me, you can read it a couple ways, mm-hmm. but I read it it's an indictment of someone or it's an indictment of God. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's an indictment of, of God per se. You know, there are these themes sort of of under oath, struggling and rejecting religion that have sort of been making the rounds. But Spencer's singing about, you know, where were you? You know, sort of like you turned your back on me when I was in the darkness. I'm in the darkness again. I don't want you anymore. You know, it's it, it's a, the song is an indictment of someone. I don't know if it's a girlfriend or if it's God or a family member, someone who betrayed Spencer, um, what are your thoughts on the lyrics, Tyler?
1: Yeah, so it definitely has to do with their past and their relationship with Christianity, Christianity and religion and God as a whole. And I have talked to Aaron, Spencer, Tim multiple times, you know, since what, 2014, 2015, about where their kind of religious ethos lie now, in current day, because they were already straying away from them when disambiguation came out. And they were having these conversations about not being a quote-unquote Christian band anymore. So I think this song is more so... It, you're you're totally right. It can be interpreted in, in many different ways, but I think it's mainly towards, one, the church, and, two... The Christian music industry as a whole. Aaron... I mean, you
0: think of this lyric, you got the best of me and stabbed me in the back.
1: Right. I mean, so, you know,
0: is to... he talking to God there? It's like this religion got the best of him and he gave his all to it and it, it turned his back on him. Is to... that is that how we're supposed to read this?
1: Kind of. So to unpack it a little bit, Aaron, when he left Under Oath, he embarked on a solo career and it was a worship career and it was cemented 100% in the CCM industry, which is Christian contemporary music. And that industry, much like country music, is completely separate from the rest of the music industry. And honestly, the CCM industry is more sinister than even the pop <laughs> Wait, look, music that's industry. A, I mean, yeah,
0: that's a whole... It's, it's a whole, that's a whole podcast.
1: Exactly. It's a whole different conversation. But I will say, you know, Emory is actually making a documentary right now about this industry and how it kind of capitalizes yeah. on on manipulating people's perceptions of God. Okay. and So
0: I, I read it more as, so I was reading it as an attack on God. The song almost is an attack on God, whereas really it's an attack on organized religion, not your own personal faith or their own personal that It's an attack on the system. Exactly. That makes more sense. He's saying, you know, what you believe, your life is a lie. Get over it, you know? Exactly. Save yourself, no one else. I'm not your fucking prey. All these lines.
1: So that's where a lot of that mid-2000s Christian, screamo, post-hardcore, metalcore, pop-punk, tooth-and-nail, solid-state era is at nowadays, you know? And I I, I, yeah. I, I kind of give a lot of credit to that, to the Bad Christian podcast that Emery runs. You know, we... And that's how I found all this music. That's how I got into the music scene. We found this kind of scene that we could exist in and also exist, you know, within the Warp Tour, greater kind of underground screamo, whatever scene it was. But we were taught these things growing up that were wrong. And a lot of us, you know, kind of now that we're older, we've grown up, we've realized that some of those things were wrong and we're pissed. Right. You know, we're mad that exactly. we were taught these things that were so wrong growing up. And I really feel like that is the ultimate gist of this song. And we makes could go lot deeper, but that that's yeah. the whole thing. You, They're mad about how they were kind of led astray growing up but they were told yeah. that they were on the right path.
0: When you when you put it in that context it actually makes perfect sense. It's funny. I was like, are they really saying are they really saying, you know, <laughs> fuck you god, you turned your back on me? But sorry,
1: do you have anything else on Under Oath, Tyler, you want to speak on? We've gone pretty long on Under Oath. We have, and I could probably go for three more hours. But um, I'm, I'm very excited uh, that this band is back and we can have these conversations. I, I, I'm I hesitant with the song, and I've never been hesitant with Under Oath's music before. And that's why I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. But uh, like you said that's before, a good score. I'm so glad that this band is back they seem happy with one another they seem like they're good friends because we'll have to do the under oath cast but this band has never been friends with each other ever they've broken up like uh, five times behind the scenes over their career and uh that's a whole yeah that's a whole it's thing it's a whole um, other thing and we don't have we're gonna have to do it, an under but... oath
0: bonus episode because we could go album by album history by history we got it we um, quickly i just want to shout out spencer's blonde hair in the music video i think it looks fucking fire that's a nice change up you know from we've uh, always seen a... him in an under oath with black hair i and, got a lot um,
1: to say about that too but we can't <laughs> yeah i think we okay so real
0: a... quick before we, real quick before we move on okay. uh first week sales predictions for the album. Oh I want to do it now. God, um, ru- I know you know the numbers like by heart, so just run, me do- run down the first week sales of Under career uh, real quick.
1: I don't have They're Only Chasing Safety because that was the first real push that they right. got, and it wasn't that high, but that album did end up It wasn't gold.
0: high, but that album sold a lot. It burned for a long time. It went gold, it's, it's, sold over $500,000. It's really
1: got to be close to platinum at this point, as I think okay. Define is. But Define did $98,000 1st week, Lost in the Sound okay. 54000 and Disambiguation did 24000 thousand
0: okay so where do you see under Oath coming in with this record
1: oh i have thought way too much about this in the last week matt you have no idea and i've kind of come (laughs) due to the current state of the scene as anyone who's listening to this show knows it is not well and rock music is not well so (laughs) i kind of looked at it compared to another comeback and that was saosin and saosin's comeback (laughs) album did eleven thousand. Anything mm. over eleven thousand, I will honestly be content with. So I am gonna go with thirteen thousand first week for Under Oath. Where are you <sighs> at? Matt? Think, yes.
0: You know, we. It's tough. I, I. I'm. I'm. I'm jumping between. I feel like it's gotta come down from disambiguation, mm-hmm. which you said did twenty five thousand. Twenty four. Right? Twenty four. Okay, so right around there. I'm feeling. You know. I'm feeling about 17. That's where I'm going to stick at. God, 17. I will be elated that's, that's I think with 17,000, man. I will be I just, so I happy. I think the fans will rally. I think that's an appropriate drop. Um, but we got to move
1: on to our next story. Um, great talking about Under Oath. Before, um, before we do, can I hold you to doing a bonus episode the week that the album comes out? Uh, we will talk about that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Next story,
0: <laughs> 5 Seconds of Summer have returned with a new song. Um, it's been a while since we heard from these guys. This song is called Want You Back. Have you had a chance to listen to it, Tyler Sharp? Oh, I gotta switch gears here.
1: Okay, yeah. I <laughs> cool have, out. Just wipe, yeah. wipe the sweat off your forehead, just gotta relax, gotta bring it back. Uh, I have heard the new Five Sauce song and I am completely, 100%, I knew this was coming and also very perplexed at the same time. They're a pop band like we said when they were on our most anticipated albums list we're just like they have to be a pop band now because the last quote-unquote pop punk album that they did didn't really get them anywhere so they've gone away they've come back they're a pop band now for from what we know from this song interesting Mm -hmm. only luke is on this song from what i can tell you know correct me if i'm wrong but Uh, there's some backups in there from the other dudes. Okay. But it's mainly just Luke. And I think that's kind of interesting in and of itself. And we can unpack that a little bit, but the very intro to this song, I thought I was listening to that logic song, 1-800 it's, the keys are a little similar (laughs) and it's got kind of those, uh, those strings in the background that give it the exact same vibe. And then it comes in and they just rip off the 1975.
0: So where Uh, are you at? Do you like the song?
1: I do not, not like, like the this song. song. I don't think it's what they need okay. to do. They needed to just become the next One Direction, like like rip off Logic. Let's do that. You know, let's not rip off the 1975, who are a much much smaller output of a band. But uh, mm-hmm. I am at a six out of ten for the song. What okay. You, yeah. Friend? Um.
0: It's funny. I had the I had the exact same reaction as you. Is the 1800 <laughs> piano riff came yep. right in, and of course it did. And the 1-800 piano riff is jacked right from the car radio riff from right. 21, Pilots. <laughs> 21 Pilots. So it's like, of course they're going to do a Logic, 21 Pilots, yeah. Chainsmokers, Spotify Core, EDM pop song. And yeah, no more rock. You know, the last album sort of doubled down on rock for them with songs like She's Kind of Hot. I think going pop for this band at this point, I think it's the right move. Mm-hmm. I just think this song is uninspired though. And the yes. song is the wrong song. And um, I'm at about a out of 10 with the song okay um one of the more interesting things i noticed about it is that like luke is embracing he's he's australian he's embracing his his accent
1: accent on this song
0: almost like a la ed sheeran like did you notice that like because when you think Mm -hmm. about the song like she looks so perfect they're affecting american accents on that song you know what i mean you wouldn't even know they're from australia but he's it's almost like now that ed sheeran with his accent, you know, that British kind of accent is having so much success like the, Luke is letting that go. I thought that was really interesting. and It seemed calculated to me because I had never heard the band actually sound like an Australian band, you know, vocally. And And this is the first time he's really like letting his natural voice out.
1: Definitely. So when I first heard the intro, I was 100% on board. I was like, yes, five seconds of summer, just rip off 21 pilots, you're just going to sort of the top of the charts. And then it kicks (laughs) in, and they're just ripping off a 1975. And it's just like, why? You you have such an opportunity here to just steal 21 pilots and steal the click. Just do it.
0: Yeah, so I'm (laughs) in a 5.5 out of 10 this could grow on me like you know i just i like dark pop a lot so there's Mm -hmm. there's potential it could grow on me but as of now that that's where i'm at did you see the tour they announced this is the other thing i want to talk about
1: i saw a headline for i didn't see venues or anything okay they announced the tour
0: yo homie fam they're straight up playing house of blues oh my like
1: all the american
0: dates so they're playing thousand caps they're playing some theaters they're like 15 to 1800 caps wow like (laughs) this just goes to show what can happen to a band you know when they're gone, you know, because the uh, debut album, what did it do? Like three hundred thousand copies first week, I it was went like gold, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it
0: was up there. And then the second album, um, the one with she's kind of hot, you know, I thought big drop. Yeah, yeah, didn't. I don't even think it went gold, you know. But that's still a lot to sell, you know. And they were playing huge fucking shows, right? But no hits, And, you know. You go away, yeah, no hits. You go away for a few years, you have no hits, and now they're playing, you know, the same size venues as. All is sleeping low. with sirens or <laughs> falling in reverse yeah you know it's like all-time low are probably playing bigger venues you know i don't yeah, think you know gosh. house blues is too small for all-time low well you know, they were doing i can't, house... I can't believe five, sec- yeah, five they... seconds yeah seconds of some are going to be playing to a thousand people a night you know this is a band yeah. that should have been playing to amph- amphitheaters you know five to ten thousand people a night that's well
1: rock it, it, music, wow man. you know yeah rock music it, is canceled it's over i don't feel like
0: they care do you get that <laughs> feeling too like is there a lack of caring there
1: i think so i think the way they went about this was very wrong first off the the gap was way too long people have moved on yeah. you know I, I i really think it's over and uh second they really got overshadowed by the new post malone single which we're going to talk about hopefully if we have time at the end you know they got if it wasn't for Post, 5 Seconds of Summer would have got top priority on all the big Spotify playlists, but Post ended up getting it and really overshadowed their comeback. So, yeah. I, And
0: as far as any scene scene attention, you know, they, they thrive on scene attention too. It all went to Under Earth, I feel like. so Yeah, like, definitely. You know, I mean, the alternative had, press press had no bad, engagement Bad timing. You know yeah. what I mean? Bad, very, and it was almost like people forgot they were a band. They're still on Capitol Records, their major label. Interesting, so... They're still gonna get some kind of push, but yeah, you know, I think that's about. Have it. you have let's, you
1: seen? Have you see, real quick? Have you seen a picture of them? What they look like now? I have. Everyone but the one emo kid who still has the emo swoop looks like they're in One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: let's move on to our next story, which is following Reverse. Uh, following Reverse, Ronnie Radke and Co. released. A new random Lucy single that we didn't see coming. It's called Losing My Mind. Tyler Sharp, what do you think of Losing
1: My Mind? Why didn't they just call it Alone Part (laughs) 2? That's what I want to know because on the artwork for the single is a Lamborghini. And I don't Mm -hmm. understand why they didn't just fully capitalize on it. Like bands, don't be stupid. Just do what's going to get you the engagement. I promise it'll work. Um,
0: Shouts to Ronnie's ghost ride of the Lamborghini in the alone video. Isn't that
1: iconic at this point? Shout (laughs) That iconic scene moment. So this song, it is not what I want from Falling in Reverse. We should not be reverting to rap. I thought we were past that on the last album. This song is kind of a mix of Fashionably Late and Coming Home, where we have this big kind of ethereal ambient sound, but he's also throwing down what apparently he thinks our sick bars uh they're not <laughs> the video interesting i thought this was the perfect time to fade the band into the back and just make this ronnie radke make falling mm-hmm. in reverse ronnie radke in the video there is a lot of ronnie but there's also a full band plan like it's time to seclude right. ronnie from the rest of any type of band that is backing him live like it's they did the promos. They had the falling out last time. It is time to fully embrace Ronnie Radke as the sole member of Falling in Reverse, just like Brendan in Panic. Like, that that's a no-brainer at this point. So, hey, to not see them embrace Ronnie, that. Ronnie's
0: loyal, though. Ronnie's a loyal guy. To loyalty that, means man. a lot to him. Loyalty Dude, is going to drive his is,
1: band into the ground.
0: Loyalty is what Ronnie has built his entire life on. We saw it, you know, him and Max Green. You know what I mean?
1: It, it's important it's whatever um the song i like i said it it's almost a reversion like they're going backwards and i don't want to see that i want to see more of the obviously hanging on and post hardcore tendencies but also you know just like fuck you and all your friends and coming home and loser and those big massive songs we don't need the rapping like i thought we were past that we we were right like we don't need to go back to that that was a that was a that was an uncomfortable time, I think, for for all Ronnie what, what, fans. What's your
0: score, Tyler Sharp? Sure.
1: I am at a six and a half for this song. Okay, well, not bad. So I, you do you you think it's you think it's a decent song? The song. chorus is not bad at all. Like yeah. it still has those coming home moments, especially instrumentally. But Ronnie, like, lose the bars, man. You're not a rapper. <laughs> Stop trying. I know you love Eminem, but like that dude uh. flopped too. Like it's time to move on. Let's 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 keep keep the train moving forward let's not go back but
0: where are you at matt okay so as a person who loves alone i love that song we bumped it in the ap offices (laughs) almost every day i still love that song i really i like this song um you know with soundcloud rap going on i I feel like you know ronnie knows and i feel like there's it was inevitable he was going to get back into rap and um his bars are not the best, but it's just his overall flow and sonically, I think is tolerable and works in this song. And it's it's weird. You get like rap, but really meeting like sort of the old emo escape the fate on this song. Like that is a really good emotive chorus in that song. I, I, I just really like it. And, I, you know, I, lo- I like this video. I like the posturing of it, of Ronnie right now in this song. I like the confidence I thought the video was really cool, too. Like, just the neon lights, everything about it. Um, It was really well shot. You know, you've got this crazy thing with this girl puking black liquid into his (laughs) mouth. And it, it was the first time, like, I don't know, we've seen, like, a Falling Universe video in forever that felt, like, intense. And just it was so creative the way they did the video with just all these neon lights and if you haven't watched this video you, you really should just for the, the just go check it out for the visualization of it because I mean you got green lasers, red lasers going everywhere and um, the band are I mean like their drummers wearing a gas mask the band have just totally stylistically changed almost like like this Blade Runner chic to them you know what I mean like there's this robotic core kind of thing they're they're clad in in the video and um, yeah I like this song um, I think it could be you know, Coming Home was a good album, but it wasn't my favorite. And I think this this song, you know, I this could be an interesting reset for the band mm. um, for me. I'm at a 7 out of 10. Wow. Okay. So you like this better than the Underos song? I
1: do. All right. Just
0: a little bit. It, I mean, we're, we're talking 6.9 to 7. You know <laughs> no, what I, mean? I know. It's it, right it's there, but I had chorus. to bring it up. I, yeah. You had, you had to do. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, 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 didn't <laughs> yeah, no. I just... Uh, that chorus um drove home for me and uh there's just there was something just exciting about it i, I mean, don't know. yeah i think it could be uh
1: that's what redeemed the song for me but the scene in the music video where he's like floating into the sky that that was a little indulgent yes, that was I that admit. was too um, far man it really ran those lasers to keep it in the room on. just keep it in the room that's all they had yeah, to do i agree those lasers that mm-hmm. was just,
0: just like so cool I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm, you know, like a child. I'm easily amused. But there are a lot <laughs> of lasers, neon lights in this video and I'm fucking all about it. It was and, a very uh, yeah.
1: entertaining clip. If Ronnie sure. could
0: if Ronnie could work on his bars, like I could see them functioning, like like <sighs> these these raps weren't as absurd as Alone. You know what I mean? Like right, they were the way reserved. he's rapping, he sounds more like a rapper. You know, he whereas on Alone he just sounds like a punk ass scene bitch trying to rap. He does sound like his raps aren't good, his rhymes aren't good, oh, totally not good at all. Like <laughs> he rhymes Nasdaq with something, and it uh-huh. was terrible. But like his flow and just the way he sounds, he sounds a little more comfortable as a rapper. So, I am uh, yeah, I like the song. Seven out of ten, it's good. I, I hit that check mark on Spotify.
1: Man. the chorus was what redeemed it for me but it feels like he's just every time Ronnie raps it feels so forced and disconnected from the rest of the song you know like he's just trying to be this hard rapper for the sake of being a hard human being I I just just like seeming like an edgy person you know because we know love that Ronnie loves to be edgy uh so if I'm all for him. I do agree with you on the
0: the Alone comparison. It's very... um, You got sort of the guitar driving the beat like in Alone, and you got the emotive chorus, but I would say the raps are just a little... It's less antagonistic. It's less absurd. Um, It's a little better. No bars about tweets. (laughs) Thank God. Oh, man. Okay. um, Let's move on. You know, before we go, let's hit our pop story, which this week is Post Malone. Coming off, you know, the bombshell hit single um, "Rockstar," which probably was the biggest song of 2017, if not, you know, it's it, it's one of two or one of three. Um, he has released his new single, uh, the follow-up to "Rockstar," and it is called "Psycho."
1: Tyler Sharp, I know you listen to "Psycho."
0: What do you think of it?
1: It is so interesting how similar this song is to "Rockstar." as far as like the structure of the song goes. We have this constant beat that follows the whole song. He comes in, you know, with the chorus, verse, chorus, feature, chorus. There's so much repetition and the song itself, I mean, post vocal approach and the hook of the song, it is incredible what this guy is doing right now with kind of infusing hip hop and these pop hooks in the same kind of nutshell. And I know, you know, a lot of people don't agree with this, but there's just no one else doing it like Post is now. And he's proving time and time again with every song that he drops that, you know, White Iverson was not this kind of one-hit wonder kind of deal. And Post just... Well, no,
0: I mean, what the fuck is White Iverson? You know, I, most right, people now I mean, know for and, Rockstar. Right, you know? exactly. And the Rockstar... For before that, I was
1: congratulations. Right. You know? So Rockstar, to put it in perspective, was number one uh, worldwide on Spotify as the highest daily stream song for I think it was over a hundred days in a row since like the day of its release to Passed Up to Christmas. Um, I really feel like this is going to have the same effect. I think this song is fantastic. The hook is there. The sa- They have the same song structure. And I think the feature... High dollar sign. I think his feature fits the song a lot better than 21 Savages on uh, Rockstar. So I feel like this is a bit more cohesive of a song. Um, it had over 5 million streams on Spotify in its first day. And it's about to dethrone Drake finally off the top of the Spotify charts for God's Plan uh that that's been up there since the day it got dropped but uh yeah this this one's definitely coming for the top i would say ASAP. what's your score Tyler? Sure. i am at a 8.9 out of 10 wow i love this song matt where are you at with it i am on the complete opposite Whoa. side of you man Whoa. i found this
0: song so boring Get and lame here. you know I like vibe and mood tracks and this is definitely like vibey and moody. It's it's like chill and somber and sort of reflective but man, this song bored the fuck out of me <laughs> to the point where it, you know, I, and I loved Rockstar uh-huh. and that was what got me on board with posts. You know, I didn't you know, I liked what Iverson that was cool. I didn't like Congratulations, but Rockstar got me on, on board. I was like, All right, this guy can be like a really good pop star. But man, this song just bored the absolute fuck out of me. Um, And it started to make me wonder like how long the post thing will actually last. Like this song is making me question like he might just be one of those burn bright burn fast. Kind of artist, Man,
1: Um
0: I don't think, think so. The feature, I, 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 am on the complete opposite side of you with the feature here. I think like on Rockstar, I think Tony and Savage absolutely murders it, and he, I, he, I think he has probably the best verse on that song, you know. Ooh. And I think he, he crushes it. And I think he makes it, you know. He just makes it so interesting, and there's such a good contrast there. And um, it's that's my favorite part of the song is when Savage comes in what? and Ty Dolla Sign here seems so fucking like misused he, he he's barely distinguishable from Post and their flow and their singing it, 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 Ty Dolla Sign is like a hook guy you know what I mean that that's what he's usually used for you know or or adding a verse to a fifth harmonies like he did and it just he just blends with Post and it feels like a weird place to use them and um, so yeah so I'm totally on the opposite side of the feature. I am at a
1: 4 out of 10. Wow. See, it's so funny because I remember when we talked about Rockstar when it first came out on the show, and I didn't like the 21 feature, and you loved it. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. love I'm how... I'm all about it. I love how Ty's verse here fits with the song. It serves the song. It's not trying to be boastful and be its own thing. It's just... It... See, for
0: me, it was just a little more fog injected mm. into a bunch of fog stuff. Yeah, like I mean, just, you didn't this like all the just song just felt as it is. it is, right. It just felt like one thing just falling out of Post's
1: mouth to me. Man, I just feel like his flow and the way he delivers everything on the, you know, his his, uh, his vocal approach to it. I, I thought he nailed this song. And I don't think I'm alone, man. It got over 5 million streams worldwide on spotify yeah, no and, and like listen i didn't like congratulations and that
0: song which was, fucking was a huge, banger you know? banger
1: um, nation
0: i just uh yeah i i this is the first i'm just i'm questioning you know the longevity of posts now i'm wondering how, we'll how, how how real is this and how big is he going to be for how long you know we, I, right. I don't know i don't i don't think this song is going to do as well as Rockstar.
1: i'm going to say that. Oof. I you know it we'll see it's already up at the top of the Spotify charts it's got just Drake to dethrone at this point um, we'll you know, see at this point though like anything post drops you know old exactly. stuff is on the charts so exactly. it's like
0: I yeah I just I don't know that 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 is all I feel confident about is that I I don't think it's gonna do what Rockstar did
1: um, we'll see we, we you know we got his f- his follow up album coming out later this year beer yeah. bongs and Bentleys so. We'll see if he can actually follow up and deliver but I think you know he's on the right track
0: hopefully there's a, there's a little peep feature somewhere on there we'll get I mean a,
1: hopefully I, absolutely
0: all right that is it for the show this week everyone thank you so much for listening if you enjoy the show please take the time to rate and review us on Apple podcasts if you have any questions for the show email us at note scene at gmail.com thank you so much everyone'll see you next week